I just got to say that it's entirely too quiet for this to be an apostolic church. Yeah. All right. The Bible said they were all together and there was a bunch of noise happening in the room and that's when the Holy Ghost fell. There's a time and a season for everything. There's a time to be quiet and there's a time to be loud. There's a time to yell and there's a time to quit yelling. But I can guarantee you that right now, it is the perfect will of God for us to make some noise unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the Lord right now personally. Let's not just depend on the praise team here this morning with our beautiful voices and the wonderful instruments. Let's make a joyful noise ourselves unto the Lord. Lord God, we love you. We thank you and lift up your name, God. We give you glory and honor for all the things you've done, all the things you're doing, and all the things that you have planned for us in the future. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you will help us to align with you, God. Align with your spirit as you do the things that you do. Help us to hear your voice as we worship. Help us, Lord, to be led of your spirit throughout this time. I pray that when these doors open this morning and as people come into this place, that they'll feel the liberty to be able to let their heart open to you, God. Lord, may this place be filled with praise today. Let's worship the Lord this morning here. In Jesus' name.
fails me all my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of
have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. Has God been good to anybody in the house of the Lord here this morning? I'm not the preacher here today. We've got a, a, a well-equipped man of God that's going to be coming here in a few moments to speak. But I just feel like there's somebody in here that needs to hear this. You know, there's a story of the tortoise and the hare. And uh, in the story, you've got, they both start at the same place. They both get at the, the starting line. They shoot the, go. And, and, the, and the rabbit just takes off. And just so confident and, 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 and feisty and just all over the place. And the tortoise just starts plugging along, just doing his thing. You know, do, 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 do. Just stay in the course, continuing to move forward. The rabbit gets tired, lays down, gets up, runs around. And at the end of the day, the tortoise wins. And the rabbit looks around confused. And, you know, the, I was just thinking about this, this song. You know, all my life, you've been faithful. This whole walk that I have been on. I remember driving down the road one day, and I had my hand on my truck, and I just began to think about all the things that I'd been praying about up to that point. And I just, one thing after the other, I just, the Lord was like, see, I did this. And 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 it like overwhelmed me. I had to like stop driving for a minute because I was not in a driving state. The Lord just kind of took a moment in time. And, and you know, the, the, the clouds parted on the mountain. And I was able to see the landscape of everything God was doing. And he goes, see, just keep going. One hand after the other. One, sometimes it takes a few minutes to figure out where the next grip in the mountain is. It's, but it doesn't matter. That's part of the journey. I just want to encourage you today that it's one step at a time. Don't worry about all them rabbits jumping all over the place. It seems like they got it all going on. They're faster. They're smarter. They're cooler than us. It doesn't matter. Because the tortoise, every time I read that story, the tortoise wins. Every time I read it, it never changes. The tortoise wins. Slow and steady wins the race. God He's going to see us through because every day he is faithful. Every day he is so, so good. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and make some noise for Jesus. Well, it's time to worship the Lord and we're giving here with our tithes and our offering. This is another form of worship. When it's done correctly, when we give according to the word of God and, and according to his perfect will is actually worship uh, because it comes from our heart and it's as unto God and, and it is a form of worship. And there's all kinds of ways where it isn't worship, but that's where we need to pray when we're giving that it would that this would be so. So we are going to um, take up our tithes and offering today. Uh, before we do that, though, I just want to make a quick announcement. Next Sunday is going to be a little different. Uh, life is kind of different just about every Sunday around here, but uh, next weekend is going to have a different flavor, different. Uh, we're going to have our back to school service. Uh, I don't know how many parents are in here. Or you say back to school and they're, they're clapping their hearts. They don't want to say it out loud, you know what I mean? Because we love ha hanging out with our kids and spending time, but praise the Lord, it's back to school service. And uh, so uh, with that, we are going to have our 930 service. Um, like this, like we typically do. And then the 11 o'clock service is going to be outside. We're going to have our singing outside. We're gonna, the kids are going to be doing a sign and they're going to be singing. We're going to have some bounce houses out there. Uh, we might even have our, uh, 
our little tractor train thing going around the, the thing. We're just going to have all kinds of cool stuff happening. And, and Brother Shannon Peacock is going to be with us. Uh, if you don't know him, really cool guy. He's, he's been kind of a part of life's situation for years and years and years. I hope that we can somehow get the clip of when he came in here years ago and he was doing a uh, he was doing an illustration uh, with with nunchucks and he asked for a volunteer and little chance got called up to be be his uh, volunteer and chance chased brother peacock all around the sanctuary with them nunchucks it was the funniest thing I, I think I've ever seen in my life. He was calling for help. I couldn't help him. I was rolling around the ground crying. Poor Brother Peacock. I'm surprised he accepted our invitation. Uh, I think it's because he knows that chances moved from the church. So, okay, let me stop. All right. Anyway, so next weekend, back to school service, Brother Shannon Peacock, one of the great children's evangelists. And he knows how to bring the word of God too. So we're going to have a good time. So we'll see you next Sunday. Or if you want to come for the 9.30 service and then stay for the other one, come on. We'll have hot dogs. I think we have hot dogs. Oh, and it's going to be Life T-Shirt Sunday, pretty sure. So pull out your Life T-Shirt. If you don't got one, get with Nana. She might have a few back there or she can get you one order. Amen? Amen. Man, way too much talking. Can I get somebody up here to help me take up this offering before I take up the whole service? I'm sorry, Brother Parks. All right. Yeah, he said I'm good. So you heard it. When he starts yelling at me later, I'll be like, look, I have witnesses. You said I'm good. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to give to you. Thank you for all the things you do for us, the stuff we know about, and all the things that you do for us that we have no clue. Lord, I pray that as we give today, you'd help us to give from our heart as unto you. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Come forward. Give unto the Lord and worship with us as we sing.
Hallelujah. How many are thankful for the love of Christ? Amen. That no matter where you may be or how you entered into the house today, that his love is still there for you. Amen. I'm thankful for the love of Christ and being able to be in his presence. Amen. Thank the Lord for the praise team this morning and all those that were involved in preparing us to come to this point and uh, the presence of the Lord that's in this place this morning. You can go ahead and give him praise. He is in the house. He's the God that we serve. There's none like him. There's none beside him. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. In Christ Jesus, we have love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for the opportunity to stand here before you to present the word of the Lord to you. Our pastor and first lady uh, not able to be here this morning. They had a delay in their flight and weren't able to, to make it in uh, this morning. So let's continue to keep our pastor and first lady, pastor and sister C in prayer. Amen. We have a wonderful leadership in pastor and sister C just pouring out their love towards us as the, the body here at Life Church. Amen. Amen. We want to go to the word of the Lord. And I want to kind of give warning. I don't see that we have any children in the building, but I'm going to be going to the word of the Lord in the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon. And so, Brother Ing, if you want to bring that slide up, uh, next slide. All right. So I want to give warning. The Song of Solomon is rated R. This is, uh, this is adults only. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, it's in the Bible, though. Amen. Amen. And therefore, if it's in the Word of the Lord, it's meant for us to be able to go to this word and to receive something from the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now I want to start with a couple of opening uh, scriptures. One in the Song of Solomon uh, chapter 2, chapter 2 and verse 7. Chapter 2 verse 7, chapter 3 verse 5. And chapter 8, verse 4, all repeat the same, same verse. And it says, I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field. And these are gazelles or deer. That ye stir not up, nor awake my love, Till he please. Till he please. Amen. Then I want to go to Song of Solomon 5, verses 2 through 7. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, 
saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with drops of the night. I have put off my coat, how shall I put it on? I have washed my feet, how shall I defile them? And so we hear uh, the voice of this young maiden saying that she has prepared herself for sleep. My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. So she was in her bedchamber, and her beloved knocked on the door. And she had prepared herself for sleep. And when she had prepared herself for sleep, she did not open the door when he knocked. And when she went to the door, he had gone away. And for the next few minutes, I want to discuss and possibly preach to you, do not disturb. Do not disturb the love of God. Do not disturb the love of God. And Brother Fowler, if you would, lead us in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless us all. Give us a word to call out from Jesus' name, you may be seated in the wonderful presence of the Lord. This is the Song of Solomon. In verse 1 of Song of Solomon, it reads, The Song of Song, which is Solomon's. So it is not believed theologically that Solomon wrote the book, but it is believed that the book is about Solomon. And we can find this when we search through the verses and we look in uh, the first verse as well as chapter 8 that it speaks of Solomon. Solomon is known as the beloved. He is known as the young man in the song. And in this song, this song of Solomon, this is known as the greatest of all songs that Solomon composed. That is the Song of Songs. It is considered to be the greatest. And according to 1 Kings 4 and 32, it says that he composed 1,005 songs. And out of the 1,005 songs, this song is considered to be the greatest out of 1,005. And when we look at this song of songs, there are three main characters 
in the song of Psalms. In the song of Psalms. This song of Psalms has a young maiden, which is known as the Shulamite woman. And the young man, which I spoke of, who is the beloved, which is known as Solomon. There are the brothers and the wedding of the family of the Shulamite woman. There are the daughters of Jerusalem, who are the young, unmarried women in Israel's capital city. Now, this is possibly the most interpreted, challenged, theoretical, and theological book within the Bible. That individuals say what this book is and attempt to interpret it. But I want to present it to you in its direct uh, form according to the Bible, its literal description. And not only do I want to present it in its literal description, but indirectly I want to speak of that love relationship that the body of Christ has with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is a wonderful illustration. Throughout the Bible, we see time and time again that marriage between a man and a woman is a design and description illustrating our love as the body of Christ as the bride of Christ for our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. How many knows he loves you? Amen. How many knows that no matter what you've done or how you came into the building this morning, he still loves you? And how, how, how many really know that there's nothing that you've done that's good that can get you into his presence? But this God that we serve, he wants you just like you are. And I'm thankful for that. There's the literal description in the Song of Psalms. If you break it down, that you will see a courtship. And this courtship begins the first few chapters. And then it leads into the wedding. The wedding or the consummation. And then the marriage. This is the literal description. But indirectly, this is the love relationship between God and his people, Christ's bride. We look first at the courtship. The courtship is in chapters 1 and 2 through chapters 3 through 5. How many are ready to hear a love story? Amen. 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 And in this love story, for those that are single, you might say, well, I'm not married. But I want to tell you that this is a great premarital type counseling. <laughs> it is a great premarital preparation for those that may be seeking to fall in love. So if you get nothing else from this message, maybe you'll get some premarital 
and marital advice. Amen. I'm hoping that in the end we see that this courtship, this consummation and commitment of this marriage and this marriage uh, procession and this wedding procession that leads to a marriage would be a description that we can use for our own love that we have for Christ. Amen. In chapters 1 and verse 1, I started that the Song of Solomon is the greatest of all. And I'm not able to do uh, in, in theology a, an exegetical verse by verse, line by line message to you this morning or we'd be here for hours. But I want to start with verse 2. And verse 2, looking around for the children again, verse 2 starts with, let him kiss me with kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the Savior of thy good ointments, thy name is as ointment poured forth, therefore do the virgins love thee. How many know that there's something in a name? Throughout the Old Testament, the name describes who the individual is. The name is not just to describe. It, it's, it's something that takes it away from what an individual looks like, and it moves towards the character of an individual. And verse 4 says, draw me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. She says, I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Look not upon me, because I am black, because the sun had looked upon me, my mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard have I not kept. It's very important. It's very important for the progression of this message towards the actual marriage. Here it is that she's keeping the vineyard. And in her own household, uh, she's, well, I guess what we would say, poor. She doesn't, she's not wealthy. Her family's not wealthy. And not only that, those that are in the household are basically kind of forcing her to work in the vineyard. And she's concerned when she comes before her beloved. And what is she concerned about? She's concerned about her appearance. She says, I'm black. I'm darkened by the sun because I'm working in the vineyard. Amen. She's concerned that her appearance will not be something that her beloved would appreciate. How many know that we can become self-conscious about our own appearance. Amen. We can become self-conscious about what we have to present. Yes. We compare ourselves to others. Yes. 
We look on Facebook. We look at commercials. Um, and, and all types of videos. There's all kinds of stuff out there now. YouTube and and what's this other thing people waste their time with? I don't want it to be you. You might be thinking you might be TikTok. That's it. Look on TikTok and, and look at all these reels and all this stuff and begin to compare ourselves with others and what they look like. These videos and, and commercials and what it means to be handsome and what it means to be good looking. And so she was concerned, but I want to tell you that looks are temporary. It is, the name means something. And when we talk about the name of Jesus, with the name of Jesus comes character. With God, God is looking more into character than he is for the appearance. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7 it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not unto his countenance or unto the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. That heart matter is what matters when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. He wants to initiate love. He wants to, to see what our character is like. He wants to share a mutual bond of love with his people. In chapter 7, in chapter 2, in verse 7, we see the first of these three charges given. To not awaken love until it pleases. And this is very, must be a, a very important refrain in the song because it's repeated continuously. The young maiden gives three refrains in the song and she adjures or charges these daughters of Jerusalem. She says to these young unmarried women, in Israel's capital, this young maiden gives them some wise advice as she's going through her own courtship and she's falling in love with this young man. She says, do not awaken love until it pleases. Do not awaken love until it pleases. In other words, do not disturb. Do not disturb. You know, the do not disturb has that's become a pretty challenging thing. <laughs> Some of you work jobs or either have stayed in a hotel or you visited someone or, or something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And you stayed in the hotel and you maybe hung that sign on the outside. Y'all all right? Yeah. I saw one child walk in. Did they take them back out? <laughs> this do not disturb thing, uh, it can be a little fickle, right? So recently we stayed in the hotel and when you put the do not disturb out, if you don't take it off the door, they don't go in the room. Right? You got to remove that do not disturb or flip it around and it's got something like welcome. Y'all with me? Is that okay? Do not disturb. It's a little fickle. It's, it's uh, something that could have a couple meanings. And in this case, the do not disturb 
my, I was talking to my neighbor, and I was telling him about my yard, and in my yard, there's holes, and I can take like a rake, and I can take the, 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 the what do you call it, the handle of the rake, and I can stick it all the way down through these holes in the yard. And I, I was asking, what do you think happened, you know, here on this property? He said, they disturbed the property. It, underneath there, they put trash and different things, and they piled it up up underneath there when they were uh, preparing the, the land. I hope that's not underneath the actual house, but outside in the yard. They've disturbed this land, and therefore, it's not as it was. It, it, as far as the progression and uh, where this is going, you don't want to disturb love and it's going along its own course. As one who has found true love and she's experiencing the joy of that love, she stated, don't stir up love. Don't attempt to wake it up too early. Love should be allowed to rest until it wakes up on its own accord. In scripture, when it talks about love, I see some smiles out there. I see some different <laughs> looks on your faces. You don't want to stir love up too early. I got a couple of young people, single people in the room. Yeah, you got to wait on love. There's something about waiting on love. One is when you wait on love and you wait on love to take its own course, and to have its own accord, you must guard your hearts. You're guarding your heart. In Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And she's warning them, don't move too fast. Do not disturb love. And I want to compare this to our love relationship with Christ. You may think that and, and I love it, the, we call it in, our, in, the, in this church uh, tradition and community, we use the term new convert. Y'all okay with that? Yep. People that are newly coming to Christ. I get excited by these people because they realize the love of Christ. They may have repented of their sins. They may have been baptized in the name of Jesus. And then God fills them with the Holy Ghost. And when they feel the presence of God, they just fall in love with that presence and want to seek after that and want to feel that presence and be near to their lover, Christ. And as time goes on, that relationship changes. And that's us, the saints of God. In Hebrews 12 and 14, it says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Our hearts must be guarded. Psalms 123 and 2, but they, shall, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In the scripture, the word wait means to hope, to anticipate, and to trust. 
We have to hope and to trust in the Lord. We have to hope and to trust in the Lord. As we move throughout this story of love, we'll see that it requires patience. It requires humility, meekness. It requires keeping the commandments of the Lord and enduring to the end. Because this relationship is going to move from courtship to it's going to move towards commitment, but there's consummation that happens next. We're going to talk about consummation, but I want to stay here on courtship for just a second. Sister Paul, you remember we was in courtship? <laughs> They're holding hands. And uh, there's, there's something about courtship that when it comes to individuals that are in courtship, they want to put on their best. They put their best foot forward. When I, when I wanted to court Sister Parks, I wouldn't just get her the regular hamburger when we go out. I get her the hamburger with the cheese. Amen? She get the hamburger with cheese. She don't just get the hamburger. I hold the door for her. Right? I put on my best clothes. And back then, now we realize she after we after we got home and I put those what were those gold colored pants in the closet. She said, "Would you please get rid of those?" <laughs> I I I hadn't, I hadn't been in church long by the time uh, by this time, and so I wasn't wearing my nice suits and things. I was wearing what Pelly Pell, I think, had the baggy pants with the with the nice little rayon shirts. <laughs> but in courtship, you put your best foot forward. You want to look the best that you ever have for that individual because you're trying to draw them in. And we even see this. I want you all to go back and read this. It doesn't take long. There's eight chapters, but you can read it in ten minutes. Doesn't take long at all. But to move to, towards commitment, that requires consummation. Consummation, and that's where we are now. In, in Song of Psalms, chapter 3, and verse 6, chapter 3, who is this that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with powders of the merchants? Behold, his bed, which is Solomon's. Three score valiant men are about it of the valiant of Israel. If you're going to seek after a man, women, have one that can protect you. See, Sister Parks, I had lots of muscles when Sister Parks met me. Yeah, I was going to the gym very often. So that was attractive. If you read through the Song of Solomon, you're going to hear all this kind of word. He told that woman that she looked like a horse. This is Solomon. He's speaking to her. He says she looked like a horse and her eyes look like doves. That may not mean anything to you, but if you love horses like Solomon, she stood out above all of them. And that's what he was saying. Sister Park saw those muscles and she said, man, I can have a man that can protect me. 
And so we see here that Solomon is able to provide protection. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him, and I would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of where she conceived me. And then she says it again. This is where the consummation is about to move into the commitment or the marriage. Not only was her lover a protector, but he was gentle with her. We find that our Savior, Jesus Christ, he's gentle with us. He, he's not going to force us into a relationship. He undressed his bride. He made love to her, but he was gentle and tender. And, and, and he praised her. And this is the way our lover Jesus Christ is with us. He's not forcing us into a relationship. We can make a choice. I'm here to tell you that God invented this type of pleasure that we read in the Song of Solomon. And when we look at consummation, we're looking at being made whole. We're not made whole unless we have Christ. Once she got past the fact that her appearance didn't matter as much as her character and her love for her lover, she was able to move to that next stage of commitment, consummation, and commitment. In the Song of Solomon, we look in chapter 5 now, in verse 2 through 7. And this was my opening scripture and also what I'm going to close with, and that is I sleep but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. And my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hands by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, my fingers sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul fell when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave no answer. While she was asleep, she awakened to a knock at the door, and guess what? She didn't open the door. She took a minute. She waited. We don't know why, but she waited, and she didn't open the door. Similar to what Jacob had experienced in Genesis chapter 28 and 16. And Jacob awakened, awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, another, another virgin said, Without any doubt, the Lord is in this place, and I did not realize it. We don't want to be in a place where we don't realize that the presence of the Lord is in that place. Maybe she was too busy, or maybe she just felt she wasn't prepared for it. 
And maybe you came into the house that way today. But I want to tell you that the honeymoon is over. The honeymoon is over. She's no longer sleeping well. There's an unresolved conflict that happened when she paused to open that door. Not only do we move from uh, this love and marriage, this wedding, and this consummation towards commitment, but with commitment, and Sister Parsons will tell you in this marriage, there comes conflict. Conflict. Not every part of the marriage is going to be happiness. There's conflict. There's conflict. And with conflict comes conflict resolution. We're not always going to be in a romantic mood. In our love with Christ, there's not always going to be this happiness and this uh, romantic type mood that we had when we were new converts in Christ. But she opened that door and he was gone. She sought him and she couldn't find him. And the scripture tells us of knocking and the door being open. But it also tells us that if we seek and we do it wrong, that we're not going to find it. Because when we seek and we attempt to find, when we ask, the scripture says there's the possibility that we ask amiss. Yet you want blessings. And you're praying every prayer for those blessings. Not only are you praying the, the, the Lord's prayer, but you might be even praying the prayer of Jabez, praying a blessing, and the Lord maybe doesn't answer it the way that you're looking for it. But I'm telling you, as the body of Christ, as the church, we must become mature Christians. We must move into a mature relationship that goes away from courtship. When we're trying to give a particular type of appearance to the Lord and our character begins to support that appearance. See, during courtship, there's this presentation that we're gonna, we're the greatest person that we ever gonna become. Sister Paul saw me giving in the offering, wearing nice clothes, driving a nice vehicle, you know. Now, I, I drove up out there in a hoopty today. Yeah, I drove up in a hoopty. See, after the wedding and the consummation, the marriage requires commitment. How often, when the Lord knocks, are we too busy with the day-to-day -day of life not to answer his call? How often are we preoccupied with the things of this world to answer God's call in life, whatever he wants for us to do. We put it off and we say that today is just not a convenient day. There's this extreme expectation by the church that we must have total deliverance or when we don't have total deliverance, we want our lover Christ as we suffering to nurse us Endlessly. Endless nursing. But the church must become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Matthew 26 and 41 says, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. We have to know what spirit we have on the inside. You can stand with me as I close. They're opening the doors now.
to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. We know that he's going to return. But what we can't do is allow the foxes to spoil the vines of the vineyard. Because when we look in chapter 8, we find that the Shulamite woman had her own vineyard. Why? Because she connected with King Solomon, who the vineyard belonged to. We have this opportunity. Sister Parks, sing. Uh, the altar is open. If there's anything that you want to bring before the Lord to let him know you want to go back when he returns. Thank you. 